more energy. Kia and welcome to another edition of the GeoDorable podcast with your hosts Chris Morris and Mark Thompson. For more information on this episode, visit the GeoDorable page on Facebook. Hey there, Chris. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good. Hey, hello, listeners. How are you guys going tonight? Or today or wherever this podcast finds you? I don't think they're going to answer. Well, at least not straight away. Well, no, but they do get in touch. So this is this is uh, GeoDurable, the world's greatest geospatial podcast. Uh, it is indeed. All things uh, mappy and techy and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. And uh, we... We are also on the YouTube now. Yeah, we are. Which is a part of our technical issues. <laughs> Constant technical issues. I do worry. Yeah. Um, yeah, but now we're on the uh, now we're on the YouTube and we're on the your normal podcasting app, and then we're also on the Twitter and the Instagram and the uh, Facebook. We are. Yeah. You can kind of get us in so many ways and enjoy us in so many ways, Mark. You can. You can indeed, Chris. And uh, before we, I don't know, give you too many ways, we better put in the disclaimer that um, this podcast, or the views and opinions on this podcast are often said in a satirical manner or way and uh, don't reflect the people we work for or work with or know. Yeah, that's worse than usual. Is it? Yeah. All right. I thought we just wanted to disclaim in case your kids listen and you abuse the birthday present they gave you. Uh, no, not at all. Um, but, well, can you abuse socks? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you can abuse anything. Um, sure, true. What's wrong with the socks, Chris? No, the socks are, the socks are fine. They're socks. Um, they have pictures of beer on them and it says beer o'clock. And um, all the cards they gave me were beer related. I, I just I just feel perhaps that my kids feel that uh, I drink a lot of beer, which isn't actually true. No, only when you're podcasting. Well, yeah, you've got to have something to get you through the day, eh? Oh, yeah, I usually preload to try and get me through this night. Yeah, sure. What have you preloaded on uh, this evening? Uh, actually, strawberries and ice cream. Uh, oh, because okay. it is strawberry season in New Zealand, which seems to be getting longer and longer. It's just kicking off, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm on a bit high on sugar. <laughs> so we're looking forward to an exciting podcast of uh, of news and views and a topic of the week. Yeah, totally. Uh, shall we get into the news then? Uh, let's. Spatial news. Now, Chris, something that is truly super-duper mm-hmm. is there is a new ArcGIS API for JavaScript. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there, there's a, there seems to be a new something from Esri uh, every couple of weeks. And this week, it's the turn for the API for JavaScript. Um, this is version 4. Um, so we're on 4.13 at the moment. And... Um, Big fan of uh, the JavaScript API. It's uh, it's been doing some really nice things for us. Yeah, it's getting better and better, and this one's even better, betterer than the betterer ones before. 
Yeah, so as you can see here, there's uh, improved 3D rendering, which is uh, always nice. 3D is becoming more important. It, it is, and it's also becoming lighter, which is really good. You know, in the good old days, you um, you kind of had to have a plug-in and lots of nasty stuff for a 3D renderer. Yep. Now you don't. No, that's true. I mean, unless you're running IE kind of six, which anyway, I don't, I don't think anyone is. Um, I like this. Uh, yeah, this is a uh, swipe and no swiping. That's for uh, everybody who has young children and enjoys watching Dora the Explorer, which is out on movies. If you, it is, isn't it? This should be a movie show. We could. Uh... No, no, I no. think it's already been done. Actually, there's a lot of movie shows, but there's no geospatial show like this one. Definitely um, not. So. Yeah, measurement tool, whoop-de-doop-de. Um, widgets, yeah, I'm not a fan of widgets. You're not a fan of widgets? No. In um, general? Yeah, actually in general. How, how are you expecting tools to work? Well, I expect them to not force me down a user experience that is very mapping-centric. Hmm. Okay. I do find with uh, widgets because each one is developed by you know somebody else, they lack a certain look and feel, like a kind of consistent look and feel. Yeah, and then getting your widgets to talk to other widgets is uh, mm. is also interesting. But yeah, so um, I suppose look at the release notes, play with it. Yeah, yeah. Point cloud now supports pop up players, which is nice. Uh, yeah, again, pop ups. Oh, and widgets. Mm. Oh, come on. That actually looks... JavaScript 4 pop-ups look an awful lot nicer. <laughs> Great. I'm sure Bernie will be releasing some uh, blogs about how, how you can make them even prettier. Uh, I'm sure that is the case. Um, shall we move on with uh, other exciting news items, Mark? Yes, we should. Spatial news. Uh, now, Chris, the um, we've talked last time a few times now, about how story maps, which are now called experiences, is that right? Mm. Um, um, you can actually get in the code. Um, and you've been able to add your own Google Analytics. You can indeed, and everybody, you know, wants to know how many people are, uh, you know, looking at their story map or, or watching their YouTube channel. Uh, and Google Analytics, what a fantastic way of being able to uh, being able to manage that. Yes, I'm not sure this is actually a surprise to anyone, um, but it is, I suppose, a good reminder. Uh, yeah, um, I think it's just uh, you know, if you want to get feedback, then it's it's quite nice that um, Story Maps are now kind of supporting Google Analytics in a in a good way. Yeah, I think the challenge here. I feel a little bit pessimistic tonight. Need more sugar. Oh, uh, the challenge is that. You actually need to build it into all your widgets and everything like that to know what people are doing on the map, rather than just hey, it's the map map page is loaded. Yeah, sure, uh, but that, so that's the kind of it's not the kind of analytics you're looking for. How are people using it? Um, yeah, but I suppose I'm saying that you've got to do a lot more customization. Yeah, to, sure. To get actually really useful information. Well, isn't one of those things? If you want the most out of something, then you have to invest in it. Oh, that is true. Okay, moving on. Spatial news. Uh, Chris, um, New Zealand story, kind of. 
Well, I kind of a New Zealand story, other than the the person who wrote this story actually grew up in New Zealand. It's that's about the uh, the strength of the New Zealand relationship. But um, actually, it's much more about um, you know using uh, mapping to uh, in this case map our planet's protected areas. So, what's special about this, Chris? Well, we have the uh, the world database of protected areas. Um, which Where's is that stored? Somewhere. Is that part yeah. of this blockchain thing? It's just stored on other people's devices. Could be, could be. Not sure. Um, but really, the article is just about um, a an, uh, bringing these world protected areas into um, the Living Atlas uh, and being able to query and, and kind of um, uh, use those layers within, uh, you know, maybe a story map, maybe a web map, whatever else that you're uh, you're using. Any comments from you, Mark, or is that it? You just you seem to you need that strawberry, do you? Um, no, I'm just going great. Yep, super. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so, uh, if you, if, I mean, yeah, the thing is, I, I tend to find that lots of uh, lots of geographers and uh, people in the geos profession they have a special affinity with um, you know the environment, and you know, I think this is a nice story. That is true. Spatial news. Now, something that does get even more exciting, Chris, Tokyo. Mm. Um, and it's it's in the news quite a bit at the moment. I mean, okay, there was a, a nasty hurricane or typhoon that whipped through recently, but it's also the Rugby World Cup. Yes, and so condolences if you're a Scottish supporter. Or an Irish supporter. Or an Irish supporter. Or a French. Yep. Um, and or also, Wales, actually, because that was a terrible performance. Yep. Um, and also to be prophetic is uh, apologies if you're an England supporter. Mm. Um, you're gonna have to dig deep uh, to try and try and match the All Blacks in that. But we're we're not actually talking about the World Cup. We're not. We're talking about this uh, this um, new little web map, uh, Mini Tokyo. If I switch to the uh, the live view here. So, um, oh, well, this through? this is awesome. We're live streaming a live stream of Tokyo trains. We are. It's fantastic. Uh, so what can you see on the map, Chris, for those who are actually listening? Uh, well, in this case here, uh, I am tracking in near, oh, in, in real time, near real time, um, a train that's uh, on the, uh, that, that's running um, through Japan, uh, well, through Tokyo at the moment. On the blue line. On the blue line, yes. Yeah, uh, so this is a really cool map. Um, it's nice and fast. It shows you trains moving i mean they look a bit like containers <laughs> yeah yep sure it's not the uh the most uh yeah not that that much effort has gone into making the trains look nice but yeah i don't reckon you need to no i don't think you do either i th i think if you're looking for a great example of live tracking on a map um, there are great examples but this is so nice and practical even the way they've got their um lines so they don't overlap yeah, and like all good uh, maps, you can. Uh, this is their underground, so you can drive underground as well. Um, yeah, I really like it. It's f funky. Funky. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So, are we going to play on this for a bit longer, or should we go to the next story? Uh, we should probably go to the next story. It's just I was quite interested to see where that train ends up. Spatial news. 
Uh, now, Chris, we started off the uh, podcast talking about your drinking habits. Uh, yeah, unfairly. And um, um, those drinking habits, they were developed in your native homeland of England. They were indeed. And this is a, a fabulous website for uh, anybody visiting the UK and wanting to embark on an old-fashioned pub crawl. And what I like about this is um, the combination of beer and some modern... Um, routing algorithms to enable you to work out what the most appropriate um, pub crawl would be between various pubs uh, across the UK. Yeah. Now, I, uh, I spent some time in the UK mm-hmm. and um, lived in Cambridge. The beauty of Cambridge is it has 130 pubs. Okay. Very nice. Um, and they're all very close to each other. Um, so you just needed to stumble anywhere and you could find one. What I like about this uh, also is that they have um, done the largest pub crawl possible. So they have uh, basically worked out what the route you would need to take to visit every single pub in the UK, um, Ireland, I think Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales. Um, Massive pub crawl. Um, But, you know, if that's that's something you're into, then this is the website for you. Yeah, well, you can also sort by... um by pub names. Mm-hmm. What was um, your local pub called? Uh, I can't actually remember. The one I went to most often was the Cambridge Blue. There you go. Uh, so I, uh, my local was the Railway Tavern, which um, so named because it was near a railway, strangely enough, which is no longer there, which makes it quite weird to be called the Railway Tavern without any sign of a railway. Yeah. Um, so another great map. Um, this one's made in Mapbox. I believe so. Yes. Um, and I don't know what what do we like really like about it apart from pubs, Chris? Uh, well, I like the smarts that are behind it. I mean, um, what a fantastic use of uh, a routing algorithm. Do you think they're looking for a backer so they can, um, you know, actually sponsor their their um, their data capture? i.e. going to these pubs? Um, I have no idea, to be perfectly honest. But I'm not going to play this video because it seems to be killing things. Um, anyway, it's uh, it's worth checking out the um, the, 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 the greatest uh, pub crawl you can ever imagine. Spatial News now, Chris, uh, the Ordnance Survey. Um, or in this case, the Witches of Scotland. Ah. <laughs> Do pay attention, Mark. Do pay attention. Sorry, I missed that. And oh, I see what's happened. Careless. Witches of Scotland. So we're going from drinking in England to witching in Scotland. Yeah, it's not not, not too far of a, uh, a jump, really. And... Our regular listeners uh, will will probably note that we do like to drop in a few little bit news items that perhaps aren't the most topical. Um, I mean, witches, there haven't been that many witches in Scotland. Well, as far as I know, uh, for quite a while, they've probably gone underground, um, you know. But um, basically what, uh, what this map does is it has um, located uh, the 4,000 men and women accused of being witches in Scotland from the 16th to 18th centuries. Yeah, it seemed quite a popular thing to do. So, uh, you say 4,000 of them. Um, and you can scroll along. Love the icons, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can scroll around the map. And 
see where these uh, witches, and we're using that term lightly, um, uh, which which is record, I suppose, is what you're saying. Yeah, and um, Ellen, if we zoom into uh, Edinburgh here, because um, I'm sure Edinburgh was a popular uh, witch's hotspot. You mean a haven? Yes, perhaps. Um, we can see here that uh, Janet Boyman, um, oh, um, she was uh, <laughs> hung, or whatever they did to witches in those days. Brilliant. Oh, mm. that's, um, that's pleasant. Yeah. Um, it's good to know. It's only, it's not a lot of, um, like 48 witches, let's say 50, in Edinburgh, compared to other places, considering the size of Edinburgh, um, have, have well, half that, but that's massive because they're in the nowhere of nowheres. Well, I, I'm not. I'm not a witch finder general. I haven't been for a long time, but um, I believe didn't didn't your average witch finder um, just go along to various villages and they would earn their money by identifying witches? So it was actually in their interest to find witches. Well, yeah, or in the interest not to find witches. Um, but Stirling has thirty had thirty witches. Well, perhaps there was something special about Stirling. I don't know. Well, there is. It's a lovely city. Well, there you go. Um, if you uh, are a witch and you're listening to this podcast or watching it on video, um, great. <laughs> Brilliant. We, uh, we support all diversities. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, whatever, whatever you're witching uh, is uh, very, very supportive. Um, just don't turn me into a toad. Turn Mark into a toad. People would barely know the difference. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, uh, Sorry, that's is, is that the humour we're going to end on? No. Well, yes. I, I, yes. Spatial news. We have one last story. We do, and it's a New Zealand story. And it's terrible news, Chris. Terrible, terrible news. Go on then. Tell our dear listeners and watchers uh, why you believe it's so terrible. Well, the government, Chris... They're mining our cell phone or mobile phone data. Are they? Are they really? Uh, well, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But, but that doesn't stop um, hack journalists from making up a story. Um, referred to disclaimer before. Um, but this story popped up on the Radio New Zealand, which is our, our government-sponsored radio. Um, and they're saying that... Um, Basically, the government is spying on you, but what they actually, when you get to the detail, they're just saying, well, actually, the government, or well, the stats department, is um, buying your data off all the telecom companies, which anyone else could do anyway. Um, and then they're just recording where you are. So, the interesting thing about this article is that I met with um, stats only a few weeks ago to talk about this uh, exact topic um, won't go into it in too much detail but it was really really interesting <laughs> uh, talking with them uh, privacy is obviously something that they are Pri very concerned about sorry privacy yeah privacy 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 something they're obviously very concerned about and doing pretty much everything in their power to um, ensure that privacy is maintained um, 
and, and to be fair, stats have got quite a lot of experience of, of doing that with the census and so forth. Um, so what they're actually trying to do is they're bringing together um, data providers in the terms of uh, yeah, our, our, I think we've discussed this before, but we only have three telco providers in New Zealand. Four. Four? Well, we have, uh, we only have three networks, don't we? Yeah. But they sell different yes different products on the same network and anyway the two biggest ones have uh, are, are signed up providing some data which is uh, then you know anonymized etc 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 and and just allows you to kind of look at how um the general population is moving around the country yeah uh, so so uh, it's not the end of the world it's not no um it's uh very much anonymized yep as much as this stuff can be, I'm, I'm assuming that's some pu- putting some sort of grouping or clustering on it. Um, uh, yeah, it's, some it's parts of New Zealand are fairly rural. It's done by statistical area S two. If you really want to know, ah, can I download that data set? Uh, no, you have to pay for it. Ah, shame. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Not as scary as it's made out, but again, just uh, to reiterate, you are being tracked. Well, you're not. Well, you you are, but they're uh, anonymizing no, it. And you're not being tracked. You're not being tracked. Or are you? You're not. Okay. That was Mark. That was our news. That was our news. Um, yeah, lots of lots of interest articles. There's probably not a lot of techie stuff going on, which is um, I don't know if we're coming into the the cool of the northern hemisphere winter if uh, things are slowing down could be maybe i don't know it's um sometimes it's a slow news week mark that's all <laughs> all right so now we're going to hit the topic of the week 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 uh okay topic of the week with that uh, big bass thumping music yes well you need something don't you I'm sure. Um, so the topic for the week is um, what's the word? Motivated by a, a blog post we, we've read. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and we've surmised it basically that the future of mapping lies in beer and curried sausages. <laughs> is that where it ended up? Pretty much. Mm. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Yes, yes, you're, uh, it's it's good you've expressed your drinking on this on this podcast. People are so going to get the wrong idea about me, I can tell you. So go on then, Mark, um, set the scene. Uh, set the scene. I I suppose it's a continual um, continuation of the uh, how do you say enterprise taking over the spatial platform. Is that, is that a good way to put it, Chris? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, it's it's the... I, I think there's two elements here. There's Has Spatial done enough as an industry to, to kind of... to enable it to continue as it does? Or is large enterprise systems um, set to kind of supersede it and just consume it? 
Yeah. Is spatial still special? I think is is kind of really what we're saying here. Yeah, and we've been saying for ages that spatial is not really special until it is special. Yeah, we've been very clear on that. Yeah, yeah, from from the start. Yeah, it's only special (laughs) when it needs to be. Um, And that consumer-based mapping has really removed the need for a spatial specialist. Um, Until you get to problems where only specialists know what they're doing. And that's very much the thing, you know, the, the... yeah, the point. I think um, yes, your consumer mapping means that lots of people can knock out a map, no problem, or um, can put their data on top of a map. But it's when you actually need to understand what you're seeing and why you're seeing it that that you need someone who's got a bit more qualifications than than a kind of uh, I don't know more of your consumer. And um, and how does that impact on our industry? And has our industry done enough to kind of uh, you know, kind of combat that. We've we've kind of you know from Esri, we've got the science of wear, right? We're trying to make the wear more scientific. But has that really worked? Yeah. I'm not sure it has. Well, yeah, I'd say no. We've we've had guests before who have pointed out some of the issues of making making the wear a science um, because again, puts it in a box. Uh, indeed, yep. And that has that has major implications. Um, you know, some interesting observations that. You turn up to a spatial conference, and everyone there is specialists. Yeah. Um, but but to be fair, you turn up to a heart surgeon conference, and everyone there is heart surgeons. Um, it's not, you know, it, it, it's not that unusual to to have a specific industry conference. I think if you turned up to an analytics conference, and they had people there from the spatial industry and BI and visualization and and that sort of thing then that would be more broader. But um, because you turn up to a mapping conference, you kind of expect mappers to be there. You do, I think, though, um, yeah, particularly in New Zealand, I guess. Um, our conferences here tend to be dominated by, you know, the, the major vendor, in Esri in our case. And so, yeah. uh, you know, you say you turn up to a mapping conference. On the whole, you don't turn up to a mapping conference, you turn up to an Esri conference. And the you people do. there are, tend to be Azure users. So it was the um, the New Zealand Spatial Excellence Awards um, just last week, Thursday, I believe it was. Um, it was. <clears throat> you were there. I was there. Who, um, who wasn't there, Chris? It was the place to be. It was the place to be. And and, and actually, it's one of the few occasions um, across the industry, in New Zealand at least, where uh, people from all walks of vendorship uh, attend, so it's yeah, it's not just your Esri. Say again. Consumption. Yeah, so it's not just your Esri users; it's your Mapbox, your whoever else, you know. Well, um, it's not. Okay, it tends to be uh, Esri and Hexagon, but um, and and a few, a few others. A few others. Um, but it was, uh, you know, I think as we talked about when we were there, you get to see a different crowd to some extent. Uh, because the Spatial Excellence Awards also includes um, surveyors uh, amongst their ranks. Yeah. Um, and on the whole, surveyors tend not to attend GIS conferences. No, that's because they're a bit too lively. Um, I think the... How <laughs> to win friends and influence people. <laughs> the, the, problem, the problem, one of the issues that the industry faces, and this is where the article or the blog was pointing out, is that it's still the room of the converted you know, mm-hmm. it's 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 in that in the special excellence awards, apart from one, I think. 
which was very clever, um, they weren't a mainstream mapping, actually. They weren't a mapping company, really, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone else was from mapping. Um, and, yeah, you, you kind of look at it and go, well, where's the, where's the company who have, have gone, oh, we want to add a map? But it's not necessarily the main part of what we're doing. Sure. Well, I think the answer to that is that those people wouldn't know about the awards. <laughs> and so therefore wouldn't attend. Also, I'm, yeah, I don't know, maybe I could argue that if you're just adding a map to your enterprise that that's not necessarily award worthy. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you don't, you don't want to mock it till someone submitted it, Chris. And then you, you mock it all you want. Um, but is that not part of the problem is that we're building our own club here? And, yeah, totally. And that we're, we're not involving others. We're not inviting. We're not being inclusive, Chris. Uh, Look, because we've just been very inclusive with witches. I don't think you can you can blame us for our lack of inclusive, inclusivity. Um, in, in, in a weird way, you know, uh, you know, I work for a consultancy. My job is about inclusivity. It's about bringing mapping to the to the people who need it. Yeah, and but or at least see, I think need it. <laughs> well, who who can afford it? Um, sure. But whereas I work for a consumer, customer-driven company, commercial company. And the map is not the driver, right? Mm-hmm. We're actually after um, trying to sell a, a product or products profitably. So the map is an enabler. So you, you can't come in there selling the map. You sell the customer benefits of the map and how it's going to increase profit. So where does the uh, the enterprise fit into that then, Mark? Uh, the Starship, I'm not sure. Um Sorry, a little, little bit of Star Trek humor there. Yeah, missed. It just went straight over my head. I didn't even... It was... Sorry. Carry on. Um, as an aside, my son is, is very good at doing the Vulcan sign, um, but he doesn't know really what it means. How can you be very good at it? Okay. Like, you can, can either do it or you can't. Okay, so he can do it very well. Like, some <laughs> people can do it and they get, the, you know, their fingers are sort of spaced out and that sort of thing. His, his fingers are nice and tight, apart from the... So, is that good or bad, Mark? I can't... No, your thumb's in the wrong place. Is it? Yeah. It's supposed to be. That's better. No, no, oh, closer. No. 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 And for those who okay. can't... I don't care. For those who can't see, Chris is now doing the uh, the Vulcan sign badly. Um, but back to where does it fit in the Enterprise? I think because people spend so much money on the Enterprise... And we're talking about enterprise ERP software, etc. Mm-hmm. That because they can add it as an extra, let's say, licensing layer, it's a better investment than in a completely different silo where you have integration problems. Because that's that's the problem, you know. The, um, there's some big taglines there about the system of record and and that sort of thing. When when in reality the the spatial database is not the place where transactions happen on these enterprise objects. <coughs> Excuse me, I think it's that assumption that uh, the, the GIS has all the answers. Yes, yes, it's it's, it's an asset management system. Mm. Right. Um, so, yeah, this is, I suppose, a good thing that the, the enterprise will bring more mapping out of the... Um, what do you call it? The silo. 
but you need to have that enterprise system in the first place, which many, I mean, large organizations certainly, but smaller organizations are unlikely to. Yeah, but this is where I think, um, so one of the big game changers in ERP is being a SAP HANA database, mm-hmm. um, which is an in-memory database, which is super duper fast. Um, yep. I've had a play. You can do some amazing queries. You know, hundreds of thousands of records returned in under a second. It's super cool. Yep. Uh, it also is super expensive. Well, pricing my very talk to your your, your salesperson. Um, but what what that means, I think, is that other companies like Microsoft and perhaps Open Source will be working on their own spatial. Uh, sorry, in-memory databases. Mm-hmm. And now they all support spatial data. You're going to see within, I don't know, the next year, because we're moving so fast, um, a plethora of new in-memory databases that will make spatial analysis much, much, much faster. Is, is this an indictment upon, let's just go with the traditional geospatial companies, uh, in terms of them not developing their own in-memory database? Um, I don't know. I suppose they would if they could, but they would. They're already. They're all moving out of the database place anyway. Space. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. Um, you know, um, Hexagon have been out of there for a long time. They've been big supporters of Oracle, SQL, um, mm-hmm. MSQL, Access. You know, they're, they're, um, they've been really independent of databases for a long time. Esri are still quite tight. They like to put their little Esri logic in there. They do, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, who else is there? Mapbox obviously don't care. Um, Google don't really care. Mm. Um, here don't really care. So, no, I would say there's no space. Well, it's probably not a good business model to go designing your own spatial data engine. Well, I guess... It kind of comes down to um, you know how that spatial information is managed within whatever the system is, um, you know. And you know, if you look at Esri, there are certain proprietary, I know, proprietary factors that they they include. Um, and you know, how is that managed by these you know, in-memory databases? That- uh, well, it's ignored. That's that's one of the beauties, I suppose. Um, it depends how much you need the um, the business logic inside the database. We're talking things like versioning mm-hmm. and archiving, which which are great, but also have their flaws and might actually be better better managed by a database rather than by a application on top of a database. Could be. Could be. Um, the other advantage of keeping it within the enterprise is you're actually more likely to get skilled people, I would thought. Uh, go on, carry on, what do well, you mean? Well, you're more likely to get someone who's a business analyst who's currently doing reporting and then going, oh, I'm going to play with the map. You, oh, I see what you you're mean. You're not going to get a cro- someone who's doing a map going, oh, I'm going to play with BI. Well, this gets back to our argument that you, uh, you need to be... Um, much wider in your uh, kind of uh, involvement in the industry you shouldn't just be doing maps you need to be doing 
a, a wider range of subjects to make yourself more employable? Well, I think it all comes down to you need to be customer driven. Um, and not you know not just playing with the toys because they're cool and finding finding problems for the solutions you've made yeah but how many university courses are customer driven well none but this we're getting into the philosophy of what a university should Mm. be yeah um but i would also like to point out though that there's still a massive place for the specialist we've talked we've spoken to uber Yep. who went and hired a whole lot of special specialists. They did indeed, yeah. Um, because they realized the the other analysts they had, the non-special specialists, the specialists and specialists. Yeah. The unspecialists, there we go. Um, the unspecialists weren't able to do as good a job because mapping is special. It's such a circular conversation, this, I think, because, <laughs> you know, I think we've probably said spatial is special as many times as we've said spatial isn't special. Um, and I think it's really to do with the context of the, uh, of the conversation of the, of the particular problem. You know, I tend to agree that, you know, oftentimes spatial isn't special. It should just be another data format number you know um but on other occasions i think they're definitely the it's the knowledge that people have in the spatial industry and how they can apply that knowledge to particular customer issues that um others don't have because they're not thinking in that way i also think it's that what google showed us when google did maps was the point in polygon is no longer special mm-hmm. you know, it used to be the domain of the specialist the specialist but now well, so did routing yeah, routing or routing. Um, uh, yeah, well, that still is that still is special uh, because you can you can do a basic one with um, with Google or here or other people, but but Chris, doesn't your company make a business out of doing customer focused routing or routing? Yeah, sure. But I think this gets back to the point in Polygon yet again. It's it's that kind of there is basic functionality that you would get on Google Maps, you know, how do I get from A to B, that Google is yeah, perfectly capable of doing and, uh, and, and you know, uh, yep. why wouldn't you use them? But, um, so my point was, then you, once this is just common, common language, you, you're still missing a bunch of other tools. Mm-hmm. Um, like at work, they've been completely amazed that you can look at a satellite image or aerial photo and work out where the vegetation is. You know, well, you know that's that's really one hundred and one stuff. Maybe maybe two hundred and one, depending on a university. Um, but the 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 different types of analysis that can be done. You know, we play export to shapefile. There's what a million and one tools in there. <laughs> um, not, all, not all of them are useful analyst tools. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's there's a whole lot of analytical tools there that require a specialist. Yes, agreed. Um, so, yeah, are we are we summarising that spatial is special and special is not spatial? I mean, if, if we do that, I think we've left our uh, left our listeners and uh, with with um, a really clear directive <laughs> that um, it's both special and not special all at the very same time. Yeah, so what we're really saying is beware of blog posts and uh, account managers. 
<laughs> you should always be aware of account managers. Yeah. Um, but yeah. if you can get them to take you out to lunch, that's good. Yeah, that um, is true. So, come on, Chris, summarize this. What are, what are we saying? We, beware the enterprise. It's not all um, carried sausages and and beer. I don't think anybody's going to get, get that carried sausages and beer reference uh, unless they happen to be listening in on our conversation earlier on. But, um, yes, I, th- I think what we're saying is that the, uh, the enterprise still doesn't have all the answers. No, but be be aware, be wary be knowledgeable of the enterprise um uh, yeah definitely yeah. you need to understand it like don't, all of these things right but don't go don't don't go defending your gis system and putting it in a silo because no. enterprise will get you yeah, yeah indeed it, it's about making sure that your your investment in your system enables you to reach the widest number of people possible yeah and it's not actually your investment in the system it's your investment in solving other people's problems sure yeah 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 uh, yes. so don't cling too tightly to it uh yeah be willing to move <laughs> well be flexible okay that you know i think that's the important important point is that you know it's it's not about sticking necessarily to the thing that you've got it's about making sure that you you answer your your clients problems your customers problems however that problem needs to be answered yeah in the context of what your company's got to hand um and also don't forget that uh you can always always put integration on your cv (laughs) which is very useful thing to put it is indeed um you know there's certain three letters that really uh really make cvs pop Yep. Uh, anything else you'd like to sum up with, Chris? No, I think we've had multiple attempts at summing up there. Um, and, and what we're really saying is that special is special when it needs to be special. Um, and that uh, you don't hang to, on to it because it's not that special. Yeah. I think we've, we've really cleared that up. Yeah, I don't think you could get much clearer than that. You, you can't, even if you... you would like to try so is that an opacity of of 100 or a opacity of zero chris i don't know don't know i believe it's an opacity of 100 is it why is yeah. that then? oh no no it's a capacity of zero isn't it ah okay we're going to need people's help on this <laughs> Well, lucky it's a live stream. Any minute now, we'll probably have somebody popping through with the answer. Apart from live chaps, unavailable. Oh, damn. Why is that? I don't know. Um, but hmm. that's the podcast, Chris, or the vlogcast. Yeah, no export to shapefile this week because um, we've had so many technical issues uh, this evening that it's now really late. It is. Um, but we we are getting quite a lot of mail. Well, same mail people reaching out to us which is which is brilliant and we are trying to reach back is that, is that the right context <coughs> yep sure um and that yeah hit us up on uh, the instagram the twitter the uh, gmail the facebook however you want to get in touch with us the web page yes um, indeed 
And we're yeah, we'd love to hear from you uh, if you've got comments about opacity or Chris's drinking problem. It's not a problem. Uh, and uh, with that, I'm going to play the outro. And because we're on video, the people who are still watching the video, I mean, they're going to, you know, see you busting some moves there, Mark. I imagine. Oh, maybe a little head, head, head wobble. Okay, well, let's uh, let's enjoy that moment. <laughs> <laughs>